Welcome to the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations podcast, a blueprint for cross-cultural success in global virtual teams. I am Alicia Scott. Today, we are joined by Teresa Sigalito-Halema to discuss her book, Virtual Teams Across Cultures Create Successful Teams Around the World. For over 25 years, Teresa has served as a cultural consultant and team facilitator globally. Previously, a consultant for Trompenars Hamden Turner, a leading cultural consulting firm, she now leads the team at Interact Global, a group helping organizations capitalize on cultural diversity and virtual connections. Teresa left the U.S. for a three-month assignment 23 years ago and has lived in the Netherlands ever since. She is a thought leader and has shaped the professional development of others in the areas of virtual team building and the three ways cultural diversity impacts virtual work. Welcome, Teresa, and thank you for taking time to come and chat with us about your new book, Virtual Teams Across Cultures Create Successful Teams Around the World. Welcome. Thank you, Alicia. I'm really glad to be here. Looking forward to speaking with you about this. Awesome. Well, I wanted to start off our discussion talking about, you know, uh, considering global affairs currently, the pandemic, climate changes, political events, shifting from face-to-face to working virtually, we're all experiencing a time that lends itself to communicating with others in ways that we may never have. I truly believe that the timeliness of your book is just right. So would you mind taking us on a journey of writing your book? It's funny you mention the timeliness because I have been working on this book for years, in fact. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting what you, what you just said. So yeah, I, as you mentioned, I moved to Europe about 20 years ago, came over for work and ended up staying because I fell in love with our consultant who, was a, who is a Dutch man. So I'm now located in the Netherlands. And I continued to work on international projects. I was leading uh, ERP implementations at that time. And long ago, I was also doing uh, acquisition work in Central and Eastern Europe. And for me, what was always interesting was this cultural aspect. So I, I noticed cultural diversity could be, lead to frustrations in teams and be a, a source of, of ineffectiveness. But I could also see that diversity became a source of creativity and some innovation within the team. So about 15 years ago, I became a cultural consultant. And uh, that went very well. But then I noticed if I wanted to work with teams, I needed to go deeper. And so then I started studying to become a team coach as well. And then about seven years ago, my clients were saying, great that you're helping us understand what it means to work across cultures and in teams, but we're working virtually. So can you help us understand that as well? So I brought those three topics together in my work. And I also recognized that leadership played a big role in this as well. So I wanted to contribute to the conversation and decided I wanted to write a book. And what I also noticed on the market was that there were many books on cultural diversity and many books on remote working, but very few that brought them together. And that was actually the reality of my clients and many multinationals. These are coming together. We are working virtually and we are working with people who are sitting in other countries and bringing the, their cultural assumptions to, uh, to our collaboration. And so that is the reason I decided to write the book, to contribute to the conversation. And I took a little different angle than some other people when they're writing the book. I really like this science practice link. 
I think there's a lot we can learn from in, in practice. So I'm a business consultant. So I think there's a lot we can learn from academia. And so I decided to read academic papers on, uh, from organizational development, psychology, technology, leadership, and try to see if there was something there that could help me as I was you know, giving ideas and writing the book. And I was amazed with what I found. Uh, models and theories and ideas. And so I took those and I translated them into practical solutions. And I also linked those with some interviews with successful and effective virtual team leaders and team members, just sort of to give a reality to some of the things I was finding in academia. So my book is a, a compilation of, of my own experience of academic research and stories from pr successful practitioners and trying to bring all this in the topic of virtual uh, multicultural teams. Thank you, Teresa. I really enjoyed how you did make that connection with theory and model and, and practice and practical solutions. And I also, you know, enjoyed reading how you also in involved different quotes. My favorite was uh, how you, can, you, you linked the quote from Confucius in your book, a superior man is modest in his speech, but exceeds in his actions. How can we exceed in our actions and virtual teams while leveraging our cultural dynamics? Yeah, this is a great question because this is really the heart of working internationally. And what I notice when people are working virtually is uh, sometimes we don't realize that we need to develop cultural competence, but we need to do it while we are sitting in our own countries. And that comes across a little counterintuitive. It used to be that if somebody was working internationally, they would travel a lot, or they might even relocate to that country. And so that was an opportunity to immerse themselves in the country, to feel the air, to eat the food, to observe the people. But now we are working with our colleagues, sitting in other locations, and yet we're, when we look outside and when we eat the food, it's all from our own country. So we don't have that opportunity to immerse all of our senses, senses when we're working uh, internationally, but still we are bringing our cultures to work. So that's, a, so that's kind of interesting that we need to think about that and, and put attention to it as well. As I was uh, researching the book, I summarized the effect of cultural diversity on virtual teams into three ways. And I'd like to just explain those really quickly for the, uh, for the listener. The first way is what, what I call within the team. So that means that we communicate differently, we make decisions differently. It's sort of the way we've always thought about cultural diversity as showing up and having different assumptions, having different norms, different ways of being when we're working. And, and this also happens when we're doing it virtually. The second way is what I call between the locations. So what we see is because people are far away, geographically distant, we also have what we call a psychological distance. And we start to think of our distant colleagues as more abstract. So our colleagues that are close by are unique and interesting. And our colleagues that are far away are French or whatever that grouping may be. So we use a very abstract and often uh, cultural stereotypes to describe our colleagues. So the second way is what I call between locations because cultural uh, stereotypes can be used to split us apart. And then the third way that culture uh, impacts a virtual team is what I call outside the team. 
Because even though a virtual team has norms and practices and ways of going about and feel really connected, each person is still in their local country. And that local culture can influence the team in ways that are unexpected. And in addition, that person, if the norm of the local country is different than the norm of the virtual team, can feel attention. And we need to support and recognize that and, and help that person if necessary. So, so if somebody is working internationally on a virtual team, it's important to develop the cultural competence because culture still shows up in these three ways that I mentioned. And it's important if we're going to leverage the diversity on the team that we acknowledge and understand this as well. And for those reasons that you just mentioned are reasons why I, I feel that your book is very relatable and very relevant. Um, would you mind uh, sharing how uh, you were able to weave these great anecdotes and experiences in the book? And did you have a favorite? Alicia, that's like asking, do I have a favorite child? <laughs> right, right. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, it was, I was so grateful for the, uh, the, in, the stories that I had in the interviews. The interviewees were willing to share their, uh, their stories. But if I had to choose a few, let's say. One, I was very grateful that I had a chance to uh, speak with a, uh, her name is uh, Claudia Crisson, and she works for PepsiCo. She's an L&D uh, professional in PepsiCo, but she's also a Jungian therapist. So it was interesting to understand uh, her perspective on, for instance, I asked her regarding uh, this us versus them that develops and why it develops and what happens to us psychologically. So that was a really interesting angle that she brought because she's also business and psychology. Another story that I was really grateful to have was uh, a gentleman named Goran, who I interviewed quite a few times. And I mentioned him quite a few times in the book as well. And what was nice about uh, our, our interview together was that I was almost did a longitudinal study, if you can say. Every time I spoke with him, something new was coming up. And so I was able to observe the team as it developed and also as he developed as a virtual leader as well. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa, for sharing those stories, because I would think that uh, Pepsi would be in a, great, a great example of, of expanding in the virtual teams and, and also training and cultural competency. So thank you for sharing about your experience with that. My next question that I wanted to get into would be how professionals can develop in these areas. So what is your advice for an emerging professional having to serve in a virtual team and how they can bring their total selves to impact performance? Yeah, that's very nice. I like your words, how they can bring their total selves to impact performance. So even it sounds, again, counterintuitive because we're sitting with a microphone and a video, but still leadership is our whole selves, even if it's just virtually. So I think my first recommendation is that the, the new leader needs to recognize that work, leading virtually is different than leading co-located, and they need to develop the, cult, the virtual competence to be able to understand what it means to connect with people from far away, to coach people from far away, to create the team that are sitting in different locations and coming from different cultures. So I, they, they need to spend some time understanding what that means uh, regarding perhaps challenging some of the assumptions and the things that they learned when they were leading a team that was co-located. The second thing is 
I think it's important for them to think to reflect on what they really think about cultural diversity and diversity in general. What we see in some of the research is that the attitude of the leader has a huge impact on the attitude of the rest of the team. Now that may sound, you know, like you like of course, and it is of course, but many leaders don't realize that. Uh, especially when it comes to diversity. So perhaps looking at their conscious bias and their unconscious bias and trying to become uh, attuned to what do they think about the cultures and the countries where their people are sitting? What do they think about uh, the frustrations of different cultures participating in a team together or the opportunities? Do they believe the opportunities can be realized? Are they ready to put the time and energy to help support the team to develop cultural competence within the team and to, to realize some of those uh, opportunities like creativity and innovation? So it's important that they look in a mirror and look at their own attitude towards diversity in general. And then the third one, I think, or the th third area that I would focus on is this idea that you mentioned in the question, which is bringing them their whole selves I noticed when I was interviewing leaders for the book that many of them were used more than just their ears and their and their eyes and their computers. They really used all of their senses, even though it was a virtual team. So, for instance, uh, some leaders would listen extra attunely towards whether their colleague was speaking faster or slower and follow up because maybe that was a sign of stress or they would listen to the words, what was spoken or not, what was not spoken and say, hey, something's not right and follow up and make sure that everything's okay. So it wasn't just reading the notes and reading the email and going, this is fine, but really using their, their bodies and their, all their senses to say, hey, I still care for these people even though they're not in front of me. So how do I develop that capacity as well? That was a takeaway from reading your book, um, the approach, the total sensory approach that you just talked about, you know, listening and mirroring and how does it make you feel? Um, so as we, you know, talked about the emerging professional, what about the seasoned professional? What are some things in, that they can bring to maximize their effectiveness as a leader in virtual organizations? Well, the seasoned professional in general probably has already developed some their cultural competence, I would hope. I would imagine that they're very experienced and that they've recognized that not everyone works the same and has a different perspective that really, if they listen and contribute, they could it, it enhances themselves. So I hope that by this time, they've really grown out of being uh, just thinking that their own culture is the way uh, to go and the, how the team should go. So I'm assuming they have cultural competence, then I think they need to focus probably on what it means to have virtual competence and to lead teams that are sitting in different locations. Within the book, so I, in the beginning of the book, I speak about cultural diversity and how culture impacts the virtual team. In the second half of the book, I focus on leadership. And for that, I offer four leadership levers. Uh, the first one is eliminate uncertainty, which means uh, unknown knowns, things that could be known but are not known. Okay. Uh, the next is create the team. The third is bring in humanity. And the fourth is complete the work. So I have a lot of different ideas in each of those levers uh, because working 
and leading virtually is different than in a co-located team. So for instance, how the team leader influences uh, virtually is different, or how they um, use the technology to connect people is different. How they think about perspective taking is different. And so they need to recognize that how they've led the last couple of years will be different now that people are sitting in different locations and we have this geographic distance and cultural diversity. Wow. There's so much on the horizon for us as we talk about culturally impacting in virtual work and with leadership. Teresa, it has been a pleasure to talk with you. And I'd like to close with asking you for words of wisdom for the world of virtual organizations. What will you leave with us today? I think this is the future. Uh, we're, I don't, even if everyone's working from home right now, and uh, I think what I've seen in my clients is that many of them are starting to say, if we go back, it will certainly be some sort of part-time situation. So people are pleasantly surprised by that productivity, but now it's time to get to more the human elements of this working from home and working virtually. It's a very technology-oriented, <laughs> supported relationship. And so we need to consciously bring the humanity into this because we are people. We still have needs. We still have cares. We still want to be connected. We still want to belong. It's just how do we do that from a distance? And it is possible. And that's the kind of conversation I want to continue having because I think that's important as we go forward. I want our audience to have the chance to enjoy the book as I did and add it to their professional development library. Teresa, tell us the name of your book and let us know where we can purchase the book. Thank you, Alicia. Well, the name of my book is Virtual Teams Across Cultures, Create Successful Teams Around the World. And you can find it at, I think, almost every online bookstore that uh, people normally shop at. So it should be available. Teresa Sigalito Halima, thank you for joining us in support of the Center for the Advancement of virtual organizations at North Central University. We truly appreciate your insights and know that our listeners will benefit from your experience and all of your expertise. Thank you. Alicia, it was really my pleasure. Thank you.